0: the National Grief Center for Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. Hey listeners, this is the third and final episode in our three-part series highlighting the voices of teens who are grieving. We didn't start out with the plan to talk to three teens who all had dads die, but that's how it turned out. In the first episode, I talked to Sonia about how she thinks her dad would be proud of her and all that she's accomplished. In the second, we heard from John, who wrestled with the shock and confusion about how his dad could have taken his own life. In this last one, I talk with Bridget, who who is reckoned with grieving for a dad that she had a really complicated relationship with. This entire series is part of an ongoing collaboration between Dougie Center and the New York Life Foundation. It focuses on the lived experience of those who have historically been, and continue to be, underrepresented in the grief world. We at Ducky Center are deeply grateful for New York Life Foundation's tireless support and advocacy on behalf of children and teens who are grieving. When it comes to supporting those teens, there's a lot written and researched and discussed by adults, but there's not much at all from the teens themselves. So that's what this series is all about, hearing directly from teens about their grief, what it looks like, what it feels like, how it changes over time, and what they say friends, family, and others did and said that was and wasn't helpful. Before we get to the episode, I wanted to tell you about a new resource for kids and teens who are grieving. As many of you know, grief looks different for everyone, especially for young people. And that means that the kind of support they need looks different too. That's why the New York Life Foundation created a different kind of resource to support youth going through loss. It's a graphic novel called Lost in the Middle. The story follows eighth grader Kai and his best friend Elle as they set out to help Kai's little cousin Cam adapt to his new life at 4th Avenue Middle School. It starts with the easy stuff, like how to open up a jammed locker. But it quickly gets to the harder stuff, like how to open up to a friend about death. Because experiencing the death of a special person, knowing how to support a grieving friend, or going through loss in general can be hard. But seeing yourself in someone else's story can be a way to feel less alone, a way to feel seen, heard, and acknowledged. You can download Lost in the Middle today for free in both English and Spanish at www.lostinthemiddle.org. Thank you again to the New York Life Foundation for your investment in children and families who are grieving. As I mentioned, I talked with Bridget for this episode. Her dad died of a heart attack in 2020. Three years later, Bridget and I connected just after she had graduated from high school and was getting ready to leave for college. Bridget had a complicated relationship with her dad. She loved him and the ways that her more creative side could come out when she spent time with him. But she also struggled with how he kept a lot of his history from her, sometimes by omission and sometimes by stretching the truth. There are ways in which Bridget's life got a little easier and a little more stable after he died. And she still loves him and misses him and wishes he could be there for all of the milestones, big and small, that are unfolding in her life. Bridget, thank you for coming on Grief Out Loud to talk with me today. I'm really looking forward to our time together. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm looking forward as well. How how do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Bridget. I'm a 17-year-old girl from Portland, Oregon, and... uh, I have someone who passed away, my dad. What do you want to tell
0: us about your dad?
1: He was an immigrant from England. He was from a very poor neighborhood, and he was a plumber, and he was one of the most important people in my life, even though we had a complicated relationship.
0: Bridget, I feel like that's something uh, that's more common that maybe we think it is, right? That we can have people in our lives who are so important. We're so connected to them. And then also the relationship is never, not never, but most of the time the relationship can have a lot of layers and some complications. And I wonder, like, what did that mean to you that the relationship with your dad was complicated? What did that look like? Um...
1: In my life, a lot of the times he abandoned me a lot when I was a kid, like he would come in and come out of my life. And for a long while that like made me very unstable and it felt like he didn't love me. He was also not the greatest person towards people who were a bit different from a straight white man, which he was. <laughs> um So it was hard listening to him talk about like how much he hated like he didn't like gay people while he did know I was exploring my sexuality and thinking about like oh I might be bisexual I might be a lesbian and it was hard to just have that there but he was also my like place of having fun like he was the creative kind of part of me where he was doing things, having fun, always playing with me when I was younger. So it was like hard to sep- to have those t- two things of him and not be able to like separate them and be like, oh, this is the one person that I really want. I really want the fun dad. I don't want the dad that leaves me and says these things like I couldn't separate them. And I wanted that.
0: And so these are situations that made it challenging while he was alive, right, of how to engage with him or what kind of relationship to have with him, where you're like, these two things are true at the same time. How has that swirl of complications impacted how you've been grieving since he died in 2020?
1: It's been hard because I feel like I lost someone who kind of understands, like, not I feel like I have lost someone that I know understood me on a way some people don't and had like fun being outside of the norm and not being extremely just normal but it's also I know it's better for me that I it's hard to say but I know it's a little bit better that he's not here and it sounds cruel but I know I wouldn't be where I am right now if he hadn't passed away because he did drag me down a little bit. And it was a constant battle in my mind of do I cut him out of my life or do I keep him because of how he dragged me down.
0: And in that scenario, it would have had to, for you, be a really conscious, intentional choice to end contact with him and then instead circumstances unfolded where it wasn't on you to have to make that choice yeah what are some of the ways that you feel like you've been able to you've used the terms like dragged you down a little bit like what are some of the ways that you've been able to come into who you want to be with him he wouldn't really be as strict with
1: medication I have like ADHD and anxiety and depression And he wasn't as strict with it. So I was in a very dark place, both mentally and scholastically. And with him passing, I've gotten more on top of taking those medication. And I've seen myself become, it's night and day from freshman year to now my senior year, where I had good grades and just like being more confident in my sexuality, I know I wouldn't feel that if he was alive and it's just not having that constant voice of this is bad because I say it's bad. And this is why you like by associating with it are also bad.
0: So having more consistency in your routine for being able to care for yourself has created some more stability for you. And then in that, being able to accomplish more and feel more confident about kind of who you are in the world. Yeah. So your dad died in 2020. We're now in 2023. So it's been three years. What do you remember about finding out that he had died? I remember the day
1: like perfect, kind of perfectly. I remember the moment I found out. I don't remember the day I was like showering. I got out my sis, my half sister texted me and said, like, get your mom on the phone. And I kind of knew something was wrong because my parents had been separated for so long. So it wasn't like she was calling my mom every week to be like, hey, how are you? I was like, "Okay, this is weird. I'll do it anyways. And I got it. And I just remember my mom talking to my half sister and like comforting her. And I was sitting on the steps of my house. And I remember sitting there and hearing my mom comfort her. And it was like, there was a pit in my stomach because I knew in that moment, like I wasn't even told in that moment, but I just knew he was dead. And I just remember as soon as it was confirmed, just breaking down and falling to the floor and, like,
0: sobbing. So you could you could just feel it. You sensed it. You knew it before you were actually told the words that your dad had died. Yeah. Is there anything, Bridget, that you would have changed if you could? Like, if you could rewrite history. Is there anything you would change about how you were told or how you found out? My dad didn't leave any of
1: his children on the his like emergency contacts or next of kin he left a friend who then had to call all of my like siblings to let them know so I think if I could change one thing it would be that like next of kin he would have actually had his children as his next of kin so then instead of going the whole day It was hours after he had died when I got it, got the text. And I would just wish he had put his next
0: of kin so I could have known a little bit earlier. What do you recall about the last time you saw or talked with your dad? Um, The last time I I saw him,
1: he had a little house he was making out in Goldendale, in Washington. And we were driving out just to check on it. And I just remember sitting in that car. I had like a, um, I had a UK flag like hairband on with him, which he, I remember he really liked and he was happy about it because I was just wearing something that was his country. But I just remember we were singing along to the jam in his car, giggling and having fun.
0: And going past all the greenery. And that's the last time I saw him. So, the last interaction, that last memory is, it seems like a pretty positive one. Yeah. When you think about your dad now, like, say, just this in this moment, like, what's the primary emotion you have? I have confusion, actually.
1: He was a confusing guy. So a lot of it is just trying – like, I'm trying to figure him out now, which is extremely hard after someone passes away. So I'm just trying to figure him out, and I feel confused because of all these, like, little holes in his life that I can never put together, which I guess he intended that, so he did a good job at doing what he intended.
0: It feels like it's it was pretty – purposeful to leave a bit of mystery yes very much so what's your sense of that of like what would have motivated your dad to try to keep some of or quite a bit of his life out of the view it's hard to describe it but I
1: just think he wanted to I don't think he like really had one thing that was like making him do it I just think he
0: wanted to And he didn't want people to know him. Actually, I'm just picturing you as this like researcher, investigator of your dad's life. (laughs) Now that he's not here, and I wonder like who have you gone to? What have you tried to do to uh, patch up some of the holes in your story of your dad?
1: Well, I went to England to see my my dad's sisters. I went to live and not live, stay with them for a little while. And I found out stuff about him there. So they're one of the people I really go to about him just because it like patches up holes in his childhood. Because how he described his childhood was just playing soccer and then going to school and then more soccer. And that was it. And that was not the full
0: story. no. <laughs> <laughs> isn't an example of something you discovered in talking to his sisters that was surprising. One huge thing
1: is my dad always claimed he was married twice. Um I found out he had a a wife before his supposed first wife. So just a small little detail. Yeah, just a <laughs> just a little small one, nothing too big.
0: I'm I'm trying to picture you like Because you were 14 when your dad died? Yeah, 14. And now you're 17. So in this like time period of adolescence, trying to research your dad and finding out information of things that were, you know, you're like, whoa, that is not, that's not at all what he told me to be true. And I'm just picturing you being put in this place of like questioning everything.
1: Yeah, I definitely have kind of questioned everything about him. I understand there are things people are ashamed of. I've been ashamed of so many things in my life, but I just couldn't understand him lying about that stuff.
0: So going back to like those first few weeks and days and months after your dad died, when you were 14, what did your grief look like? What did it feel like? What did it, how would other people have perceived you to be grieving? So I went directly into
1: online school after that summer because he died in the summer so I spent a lot of the summer just being numb to everything that I felt like I just forced all my grief down so then I didn't have to face it just being in online school I was forcing that grief down even more because I was focusing on things pertaining to school And I just didn't let myself have that room to grieve. And then junior year, I just finally kind of realized and fully processed it. And decided like I needed help and I needed someone to talk
0: to. So what did you do then? Where did you start to find that support? Uh, I first went
1: to... Dougie Center. And then I went to um, therapy, like personal therapy, just for all things. But I mainly would talk about my dad and just all of that.
0: You know, Bridget, this brings up a good question uh, for me around sometimes, most of the time, I don't want to say all of the time, but most of the time, When teens first come to Dougie Center or hear about Dougie Center, they think, oh, I'm going to counseling, like I'm going to therapy at Dougie Center, which is not what we do, right? We have these peer grief support groups. So from your perspective, having done both, how would you describe what happens at Dougie Center versus what happens in therapy for teens maybe who are listening and are like, am I going to go to counseling? Am I going to go to a peer grief support group? Like, what's the same? What's different? How would you describe those?
1: I would say the huge difference for um from Dougie to counseling is Dougie, you're with people that understand in some sense of the world, understand what you're somewhat feeling. You're not judged there. And a lot of people you go there and you realize you have similarities, and you go there and you find like a strong connection to all these people with this shared experience of someone passing away that was important in their life and you don't go to solve it you just go to talk you don't have to solve anything there and it felt like for me at least with therapy that sometimes there were some things where you just do need to solve it and they're gonna your therapist is there to help you solve it it's not bad that You need to solve something because sometimes you just do. But with Dougie, you don't have to solve a feeling. You don't have to push it away. And not saying that therapy, you push away your feelings. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) But it's just a very different experience where you feel like you're very, like you're understood on a level. Some people, like some therapists who haven't lost someone, might not be able to understand.
0: Well, that makes me wonder too. I mean, when I think about grief, it it seems like this very unsolvable thing, right? Grief, you can't really solve it. But is there an example of something in your grief or related to your dad that you did work to solve in therapy? I worked to solve a forgiving
1: him in a sense forgiving him for like all he did to me as a kid like abandoning me and stuff it's still painful there and I'm still sad and I don't think I'll ever not be sad about it but I've worked to forgive him because I know like my mom has said this so many times and I've heard it from other people that all parents are working with something like working with With the tools they have in their toolbox. And sometimes their toolbox is good for one part of parenting, but then the other part, it's not that, it's not their strong suit. And for me, I've learned to forgive him for that not being his strong suit of always being there and being a constant presence.
0: Yeah. So, in a sense, being able to have kind of a new perspective or a different understanding of his capacity as a dad, even though it's still painful that he didn't have that capacity that you really, really wanted him to have. Yeah. So you recently went through some pretty big milestones. You graduated high school. You decided what you wanted to study when you go to college. You picked a college. What was it like to go through those pretty big deals without your dad? Um, It was hard thinking,
1: like, going to graduation and seeing all my friends with their parents, like, especially with their dad, just being there and, like, screaming and being all joyful for them. But with me, like, I'm super happy with my family that came. I'm never going to complain about that because it's better than nothing. But of course, I have that miss, like emotion of I wish he was there and then picking a college and going to that college soon. I, I'm sad. There's no other way for me to say it other than I'm sad. And I I am envious of all the other kids who have got that. But I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm jealous because that's coming from a place of anger in some way. And for me, I just envy them to have that. Like, I'm happy for them to have that because I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. But I am definitely very envious. And I just, part of me just wants him there. Not part of me. I want him I wanted him at every big milestone
0: in my life since he passed. I'm just sitting in a, a deep appreciation for how not simple anything is, right? That you've been able to say, like, I had a complicated relationship with my dad. in some ways i'm I'm a better I'm better since he's died. Like there's things that have been really positive in my life. And I'm sad he's not here. And I wish he could be here for these events, the big ones and the small ones. Yeah. Is there a role that your dad's death has played in some of the choices you have made and are making about your future? I've definitely made a choice to be
1: um, more truthful with people I care about, even though I know I sometimes can act like him and make stupid lie, like stupid little white lies just for no reason other than I don't want to do that right now. But I've made a conscious choice with his grief to be more open and honest with the people I really care about. I've made a conscious decision to get my British citizenship and my passport so I can go visit my family there because he never took me to go see them. So I spent until until this year like I never knew them that well I knew they existed and I I loved them because they were my they're my family but I didn't know them being there and just being both sad that he didn't take me but being angry that he kept me away from these people that are a part of me because they are his family and I didn't get to grow up with them. So I'm angry. But I'm also sad that I don't get to go on this like a tour with him of all the places he went to. As a kid, I don't get to do all the things that he wanted to show me that I don't know if he ever was going to show me. So that role has just taught me to contact people. I... In my family, that I'm not around a lot to just have that and foster a relationship with someone that is a part of me.
0: Bridget, one thing I hear other teens talk about when they're kind of in the same life stage that you are of having graduated and if they're choosing to go to college, especially like in your situation of moving away to go to college, one of the concerns or the hesitations or the like, just a little hesitancy can be what's it going to be like to meet all these new people, friends and dating people, like when and how do I talk about the fact that my person has died? And I wonder how you've been thinking about stepping into this place where you're going to be connecting with so many new people.
1: For me, I'm very honest. When I make friends, I talk about my mom And then I talk about my dad and I say, like, when I'm talking about him, because sometimes with friends, like newer friends, they'll talk about their dad and I'll be like, oh, my dad was like that, too. I just am openly, this is, my dad is gone. And there are some times where I'm definitely going to stay back and I'll make the conscious decision. Like in class, I'm not going to talk to classmates and be like, oh, my dad's dead. But With like partners, I will want her to know, like before she meets family of mine. I'll be like, "Uh, my dad has passed. My dad has passed, and that I wish they could. She could have met him, and I would just let them know before they met my. She met my
0: family. Is there anything that you wish people, adults, other teens? Uh, could know or better understand about grief i
1: wish they could understand that with teens with a person who's died um it's hard you're already dealing with raging emotions like raging hormones you're going through all these things in high school you're dealing with high school drama you're dealing with friend drama in high school. And then on top of that, you have this hole in your heart from someone passing away. I just wish adults and teens could understand that sometimes like there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you you can do to make that pain go away. You can comfort that person. And instead of being like, oh, he or she's in a better place now, to just offer your shoulder to cry on, to just be like, I'm here for you. You don't need to give advice. You don't need to try and solve it and try and like solve their emotions. You just need to be there and
0: just be an ear for their emotions. So just that reassurance for support people, like your job is not to take away the grief or to take away the hard emotions. Your job is to show up and be a support in some way and just be present with that. Yeah. What do you most wish you could tell your dad about your life now? I wish I
1: could tell him that I'm happy and that I miss him but I know I can go on without
0: him. Well, Bridget, thank you for your time today and you know, wishing you so well with this next chapter of life, this next adventure of leaving home and heading out to college. And I'm just, yeah, thank you for all that you shared with me and for what you shared with your listeners and knowing it's not always easy to find the words to put grief out there. So thank you for all the the effort that may have taken today
1: thank you for having me and giving me this space
0: to talk about it and listeners out there you know i say it each and every single time but thank you for being part of our community for making this show mean something for sharing episodes with friends and family and others in your life that you know that might they might be helped by what we're talking about here I always love to hear from you. If you want to email me, you can reach me at griefoutloud at duggy.org. That's D O U G Y dot O R G. That's also our main website. And if you head over there, you'll find uh, tons of free downloadable resources like tip sheets and activity sheets, information about our local programming, a place where you can search for programs similar to ours in your own local community, and each and every episode of Grief Out Loud. I'm always excited to share that our podcast is sponsored in part by the Chester Steffen Endowment Fund. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time.